hello hello everybody welcome to the first episode of back to basic saturdays and i'm your host here coach jay and i'm so excited to be embarking on this journey with you guys and to be actually studying the word of god with you and it's going to be an in-depth study and today we are actually discussing what the cross has actually done for us, meaning we are unpicking the issue around salvation. And I would really encourage you to go get your journal, to go get your Bible, because it's going to be a long one and it's going to be in depth. And I will be sharing a lot of scriptures because remember the core mandate of Back to Basic Saturdays is to share the truth. And I don't believe there is any more truth than sharing the truth of, of Jesus Christ, right? Because at the end of the day, he did say that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So that's what I want to impart onto you guys. And my prayer is that most of you would understand. For those of you who have just been born again and have just been welcomed into this family of Christ, would then be encouraged, right? You would be having scriptures to explain what exactly has happened to you and what you need to do moving forward. And those of you who are curious, who are saying, I haven't given myself to Christ because I don't understand the whole thing. Um, what is it? What's the fuss about? And even those ones will then be answered. And I'm hoping that by the end of this podcast, they would then be able to then surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. And yeah, we, we can begin. I hope you have your Bible, you have your journal and you have your pen, multiple pens so that it doesn't run out and we can, we can just dive in, right? And those of you who are driving, you can listen as you drive um, because um, it, it would still benefit you, right? You will still be uh, being imparted with knowledge. But I would also recommend that as soon as you get home, that you replay the podcast again and that you are able to then recap on the scripture verses, read them for yourself, study them for yourself and also, I'm open for suggestions, you know, in, in areas where I have missed something, I invite your input. Um, our podcast has um, a voice record option where you are able to record and give feedback, respectable um, feedback where we, we are not disrespecting one another, but out of respect. And we also have an email address that you are able to send me an email, ask further questions, and I will see if I can assist. And where I cannot answer the questions, obviously, I will then take it to my pastor, who would then be able to respond. We can arrange a call, or we can just respond on the email, whatever suits you best. Um, so I just want everyone to be as comfortable as they can be, so that there's room and way for, for growth, right? Not only for me who, who is sharing the knowledge, but for all of you who are at home or on your way somewhere, right? Um, so let's start. The first thing I thought that we needed to dive into was to explain actually what salvation is, right? And after explaining what salvation is, I'm going to share like um, five scriptures that actually relate to salvation, and why salvation actually came about as a plan that comes from God. 
and then we will dive into identity and things like that and what then it means for you once you have given your life to Christ. So number one would be that the definition of salvation. Salvation means deliverance from harm, from ruin or from loss. It also means preservation. It also means being handed over a lifeline, right? And it's deliverance from sin and its consequences. So this is uh, the core explanation of, of what salvation is. But salvation is also much like deliverance because they, they sort of support one another. It's a process, right? And it's a process that we go through with the Lord to finally get to a point where we are saying, I have sinned and I need a savior and um, Lord Jesus just just come into my life and take over and, and save me from, from the, the state of my current life. And we see that in Romans 3.23. Um, you can open that and read as I read. And this is in the New Living Translation where it says that uh, most of the scriptures that I will be reading, they will be in the New Living Translation unless I indicate otherwise. There would be some that are in the Amplified, but I will explain and I will notify you when they are in the Amplified version. And it says that in, in Romans 3.23, in the New Living Translation, it says, For everyone has sinned and we fall short of God's glorious standard. This means that we have sinned against God. We were born into this world as sinners, and we are here because of the knowledge of our sin. Here meaning we are at the point of salvation because we acknowledge and know that we have sinned. And this, you cannot just come to a revelation of it by yourself. It comes by you hearing the word of God, probably someone testifying, probably attending a church service where you were invited and you heard the wonderful works of God. And that then allows the Holy Spirit to stay in your heart and brings you into a point where you really see that I haven't been honorable, like I have fallen short of the glory of God. And those of you who are wondering who the Holy Spirit is, we will explain it later on. And in Romans 6.23, it says that for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So because we acknowledge that we have sinned, we understand and probably we have most have seen the consequences of, of, of our sin, the wages of sin. We have seen it in our circumstance. We have seen it in our lives lacking joy. We have seen it in struggle, in living a life of strife where everything seems forced, everything seems to be a struggle. Not that you will not go through that as a child of God, but we have seen it without joy. There's a difference when you go through struggle with God and when we go through struggle without God. Like without God, you, you, you are just in the trenches alone, right? And we have seen that. We have suffered the consequences. We have experiences. We, we've, we have these burdens that are a consequence or a wage of, of our sin, right? But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And now we acknowledge that God wants to extend his hand. He wants to give us this free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And that's where we then come into a point where we are saying, I acknowledge Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And when we go to Luke 19.10, it says that for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. 
We are a lost um, a world and majority of the people in the world are lost because they are blinded from the love of God. And you come to a point of salvation when you realize that I've been lost all along. And you are now in a journey where you are seeking truth, you are seeking meaning, you are seeking your why's to say, but why am I even here if this is all that I'm going to encounter in this world, right? And another thing is John 3, 16, that says that for God so loved the world that he gave one his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This is where it explains this gift of God of eternal life, where it's because God loved the world. Remember when you look at the book of Genesis, um, you, the very first chapter in your Bible, for those of you who are new salvations, the very first chapter in the Bible is the book of Genesis. And in the first verse, um, the first chapter of Genesis, number one, we see God creating the earth we see god and the holy spirit um waking out to create earth to create man and all of that and we know that after god created um all the things that he created he said it is good and that that affirms that god created the world and he loved it and he never wanted us to come into a point of separation or death away from him and this death is a death of the spirit spiritual death meaning a spirit in us remember we are a spirit and we live in a body so the spirit in us died from the knowledge of god and got consumed by by sin and it all starts in genesis so i would encourage you to just go read Genesis. It's, it won't be difficult for you to find it. The first chapter, um, the first book of the Bible, and you will see how we even got to be a lost and a sinful people, right? Or a lost world. But because God loved us so much, he then gave up his one and only son, right? That So that everyone who believes in him will not perish in that spiritual death and being lost in the world, but have eternal life. So that's what has happened to you when you have now given your life. You acknowledge that God loves me. You understand that God gave his son for me. You understand that God doesn't want you to perish, but he wants you to have eternal life. You have gotten to that moment. That's why today you are here saying, I am a born again uh, child of God and I am set free from, from, from sin, from death, right? And I have been delivered and I have been given that lifeline. And Romans 10, 9 says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And basically that's the salvation prayer. So for those of you who have said it, that's according to this verse where you confess that Jesus, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior, come into my heart and abide with me right? That's according to the scripture. The minute you do that, that's when you are then saved. And that's how easy um, salvation actually comes because it's a gift. No one strives or works to get a gift. 
A gift is something that is freely given from a heart that is filled with love. Even with us, when we buy gifts for our loved ones, we just give them. They didn't even expect such a gift, but we gave it to them out of the love that is in our hearts for them. So it's, it's that easy. The minute you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe it in your heart because you can't just declare a thing that you do not believe in because then it becomes void. It means nothing really. But the minute you declare it or you profess it, it means that you believe that God, um, that Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Right? And when you believe that and you profess it, then you are saved. You are saved from sin. You are saved from being lost. You, you have been brought into the family of God. And that's wonderful news, really. And the final scripture on that would be Romans 10. Um, Romans 10, 10. It says that for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith, that you are saved. So you see the importance of believing it, not just hearing it your pastor say, or just following a friend because they walked to the front, or wanting salvation because you, you heard your parents say you need to be saved, or you heard your friends say you need to be saved, or because you grew up in a uh, Bible-believing home. No, but that it needs to become a personal revelation and a personal realization that I have sinned, I need a savior. I acknowledge that God loved me so much that he sent his son to die, right? So that I may have eternal life. It, it, it has to be a personal revelation. And whenever then you get to a point where you believe it in your heart, that's when you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So that's why salvation is done in a public space in church. Because you not only uh, recognize that and acknowledge that before God, but you also are acknowledging and declaring it publicly, openly, by faith, right? To say, I believe this and I am professing it and this is what is now going to be my reality moving forward. And then that is then solidified by you then getting baptized, which baptism we will speak about it later on. And so once you, you have joined this family of Christ, it means that you, you are no longer the same. You, you change who you are spiritually right? And not to say there is no room for you to change who you are physically. We will be explaining that. But once you join the family of Christ, then you change who you are spiritually. And 2 Corinthians 5, 17 reads as follows. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined um, to him by faith as Savior, he is a new creature right? Reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the old thing, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings life. So the minute you do that, and then you ask, then what? Okay, the then what is it, that you are made anew. You are now 
you have now become a new creature. You are reborn. You are renewed by the Holy Spirit. Those old things, your moral standing, your, your beliefs, all of those things, your spiritual condition of death has now passed on, right? It has it's passed away. It is the old thing. Behold, the new things have come because spiritual awakening brings life. The minute you step into a moment of salvation, it means that you have reached a state of spiritual awakening where you have been awakened to the ways of God and the things of God, where you have been awakened that there is even a God to begin with and he now becomes a reality to you. And the minute he becomes a reality to you, it means that new life then springs forth. And that's a beautiful journey. It is a beautiful journey. And what this means to you, it means that you now have a new identity, right? You have new ways of thinking. You have new hope and new faith, right? You have a new residency because you now belong to the family of God. And that means that you are a resident of heaven, right? Not a resident of earth. And we will see that later on when we start unpacking. When we start unpacking. And, and it says when we, we, we read then from, from that Second um, Corinthians, we read uh, 18 reads as follows. It says that, but all these things comes from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus, making us acceptable to him. And for those of you um, who are wondering, Second Corinthians 5 um, 17 and 18 are in the Amplified Version so that you can align yourself on your, your Bible app. So we have new life, new ways of thinking, new hope and faith, new residency, all because these things are coming from God who reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, making us acceptable before him. And that is the first step of our identity where we get to say we are accepted because of, of the salvation that we've got. We are now acceptable. We are reconciled to God. We are in right standing with our Father. Right? So this is what solidifies our identity and residency. I'm going to read Ephesians 1, verse 3 to 14. And this is in the New Living Translation. Okay, let me take a sip of water. And it reads as follows. The heading of it, it says spiritual blessings. It says that all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on, on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in loving kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sin. He has shown, he has shown his kindness 
on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us the mystery plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that the Jews, God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth and good news that God saves you. When you believe in Christ, he identifies you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is a good uh, the Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. And this is actually a mouthful. And I will be going through areas where you will see me unpacking um, this, 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 actually this chapter 3 to 14. And what we see in, this, in these verses is that God is well pleased with us and that he willfully gave to us salvation. Willfully, he grafted us into his family and willfully he made us one with Christ and because we are made one with Christ it means that we are adopted by God we are chosen by God we are heirs of God meaning in the inheritance that we have then received from him through salvation right meaning that he has brought us into sonship in Christ Jesus our lives we see that our lives have been bought with a price and that's the price of life, which is really no money can buy, right? And we see that we are forgiven, that we are blessed, that we are one with Christ, that we are free in Christ, right, of the ways of this world. And that on its own sums up our identity. There are many other scriptures that sum up and, and that actually give pieces of our identity but i wanted to keep it simple and easy for you to absorb so that you you are not overpowered by a lot of scripture right so this confirms our residency it confirms our identity it confirms what we have access into in christ so now what really determines the new ways of thinking that i've i've then explained previously now what explains or informs our new way of thinking is these verses. When we look at Ephesians 1.3, it says that he has showered his kindness on us along with wisdom and understanding. So meaning the minute God showered kindness onto us and he showered wisdom and understanding, we inherited that. It became ours. So meaning we have been given kindness so that in return, we can be kind. We have given, we have been given wisdom and understanding so that we can understand the ways of God. The truth of God, which refers to the wisdom 
and then we are able to understand it into our lives. That informs our ways of thinking. Another one will be Romans 8 verses 1. These two uh, verses are in the New Living Translation where it says that now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So we cannot continually condemn ourselves. We cannot because God has paid it all. Our past sins, our present sins, and our future sins are all covered by the blood of Jesus. Not that in the future we will commit sin, but we will embark on that. We, we will dive into that because it's, it's really important. But this then um, explains the new ways of thinking that we are to attain the minute uh, we, we are, are saved or the minute we step into salvation. And now um, there comes a responsibility also on us uh, because with every gift, you are given the responsibility of stewardship, meaning when I give you a book, I'm buying a journal, you now have the responsibility to take care of the journal, to use the journal, maybe daily or however you decide to use it. I cannot now come into your house and I find that the journal is in the trash, it's, it's filthy, it's not taken care of, because then how would you then feel? How would I then feel? Me who is the giver of the journal. The same with you if you buy someone something and you get to their house and the thing, dogs are sleeping on it, it's ragged and all of this. I understand after years of giving it, but that's not how we need to look at salvation because it is precious. And with everything that is precious, with everything that is of high value, more responsibility is then given around the area of stewardship. It is our responsibility to make sure that we stay free, not by our works, because at the end of the day, we never received salvation out of works, right? But it is for us to then allow the newness of God to abide not only spiritually, but to also come into manifestation physically in our day to day. And number one, how that looks like is then to pray to God, to speak to God daily. And um, I'm going to share a scripture that actually encourages us to pray and speak to God because prayer is actually conversation with God. Later on in the month, we will be going through a series of prayer where you will get to understand what prayer actually is and how it looks like. 1 Peter 5 verses 7, New Living Translation, it says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. You have understood the love that God has for you. That's why you gave your life to him and surrendered to him to be Lord of your life. But now there needs to be an understanding that he doesn't only love, but he cares. And that means that he cares about your worries. He cares about your needs. He cares about everything concerning you. So every day you talk to God. When you wake up, you wake up, you thank God for life. You thank God for provisions. You thank God for good health. You thank God for opportunities. You thank God for your family. You thank God for good health, that he has kept your family in good health, right? When you go to work, you come back, you thank God that he kept you safe throughout the day. You thank God for the life, the newness 
that he has brought into your life. And that's a beautiful journey to live. And the second one, it will be that we are now called to live at peace, to humble ourselves, right? To be gentle with all men, to forgive others because we were also forgiven and to make allowances for each other for faults. Because you cannot condemn people for, for mistakes that they've made in your life, but you you want God to, to then uh, forgive your faults and to pardon them and forgive your sins. So just as you have been forgiven, freely you were forgiven. That's how freely you need to give people forgiveness and allowance or pardon for the faults that they would have committed towards you. And I want to share the scripture regarding this. And it's in Ephesians 4, 1 to 4. It reads as follows. Therefore, therefore I, a prisoner for saving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. And this is Apostle Paul, who is the, the writer of, of these letters to the church of Ephesus. And he says, therefore, I, a prisoner for saving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. The calling meaning the responsibility given unto you because of salvation. That you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one, with each other. Making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Abiding yourself together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Because we are called in, in one glorious hope or, or future in Christ, this is how we ought to then conduct ourselves with our fellow brothers and sisters, our neighbors, everyone who is really around us, regardless of what they do. This is, should always be our position. It's a responsibility that we have been given now that we are saved. And the third thing would be to transform our mind through reading the word of God and to also keep our bodies pure before God. And we see that in Romans 12, 1 and 2. And I will read it now, which says that, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind the kind the kind that will be acceptable the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So you see, um, by being transformed and not being conformed to the world, by presenting our bodies holy, we are then able to discern the will of God for us. And that's a responsibility that comes with the call of salvation. It's a responsibility that God gives to us as a manner of stewarding the gift of, of, of salvation, the gift of new life, the gift of the newness that he has given us. And another thing is 
to then align to the leadership of Christ in the manner of conduct and the way of life. Meaning how we used to live our lives outside of Christ cannot stand anymore. We need to then allow the leadership of Christ. Meaning we look at him and we follow what he does. And this we find on Ephesians 5. And it's Ephesians 5 verses 1 to 13. And it's also in the New Living Translation. And it reads as follows. Imitate God therefore in everything you do. Because you are his higher children. You are his dear children. Live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered him as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For greedy persons, for, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things of these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as a people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful to even talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. Do you see the responsibility that we are then given? One, to imitate God and to walk in the steps of Jesus. Number two, to live the conduct of this world. We sexually, we, we, we are immoral sexually because um, God doesn't um, want, he frowns upon sex before marriage because when he made sex, he made it specifically for marriage and not outside the covenant of marriage. Impurity, greed, because when you live out of greed, it means you value the things of this world more than you value anything else. That's where your treasure is. And God is saying, break free from that. Because remember in the previous scripture, we read that we ought not to be conformed to the ways of this world and the ways of thinking of this world. Now, this is the, the, the practical step-by-step uh, -step of how you then break out of the ways of this world and the ways of thinking of this world. And this scripture also gives the things that you should hold high. The things that you should hold high, right? Which is love. All things that are good, that are right, and that are true. These are the things that we, we now have to focus on. 
That's why I said it's our responsibility to align ourselves to the leadership of Christ in the area of conduct and way of life. This is the way of life that God then expects from us. And I know there are more, many of you who are now saying, I, this sounds hard. Like, how can I do all of that? It all sounds legalistic. But you need to understand that when God gave this gift to us, he knew that our own self, we will not be able to sustain it. And because he knew that we, we will not be able to sustain it, he gave us everything that we will need to be able to live this life of light. And we see that in Ephesians 1, 3, that says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Right? And we see also 1 Peter 1, 3, both of them in the NLT, where it says that God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. So he knew that we would struggle. He knew that we would view his way of living. We would view it as something that brings hardship. But no, he does it because it's good for us. He does it because it's not meant to be seen as something that brings hardship. Because the fruits of it bring joy, bring peace, bring contentment in him. And self-sufficiency in him. So he knew that we will view it in this way. So that that's why he even gave us everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness. Not only life provisions, open doors, blessings, prosperity, and all of that, but also pertaining to a life of godliness, right? Which is discipline, consistently, I mean, consistency and, and all of those things are the ability to pray. And you are asking, how did he then give these things to us if we are not even aware that he has given these things to us? He did this by giving us the Holy Spirit. And we are going to read that now on um, 2 Corinthians 2, verses 10 to 12. It says, but it is to us, that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secret. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the spirit of this world. So we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us how beautiful is that like i'm mind blown already by just sharing this to you because it's, it's a realization that it is renewed daily we are given the holy spirit so that we can see these gifts these gifts that were given to us by god's divine power that has given us everything we need for life and godliness these things are received in our hearts and in our spirits through the Holy Spirit of God. Because he knew alone we wouldn't succeed. But he made sure that he sets us up for success. And that's the type of love the Lord has for his people. And another scripture that dives in deep. And it would really cover 
all the, uh, the, the four aspects that I, I indicated, the area of prayer, the area of living in peace, the area of being transformed, the area of being aligned to the leadership of God. And it says this. It's Romans 8. I'm going to read 4 to 14. Then I'm going to go down to 26 to 27 in the NLT. I hope you are there catching up with me. Are you guys still listening? I hope you're still listening and you are diligently studying. And I hope I'm not going too fast. I really hope so. Okay. Romans 8, 4 to 14 reads as follows. It says that, he did this so that the just requirements of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by this Holy Spirit think about things that please the spirit. So, let, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And we know that you already have it the moment you go into salvation. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all, but you have it because you belong to him. And Christ lives within you. Even though your body will die because of sin, the spirits give you life because you have been made right with God. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit within you. Hmm. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You have no obligation to follow your old ways. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will then live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. Hey! I'm telling you, do you see what the cross has done? Do you see what the cross has done for us? This is wonderful. Now let's read 26 to 27. It says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. There we go. It answers the question. Hmm? It answers the question also. That's why I said this scripture will sum up everything. Okay, 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us, believers, in harmony with God's own will. He knew that praying would also be a challenge. 
but he made provision for that. He knew that purging our old selves, living in peace, shedding greed, and, and all of these other things that we just spoke about. Moreover, in Ephesians 5, where we have to align ourselves to the leadership of Christ, having to change conduct, having to change our way of life, will be a challenge. So he gave us the Holy Spirit so that we may allow the Holy Spirit to take control of our minds. And he went on to emphasize that we are not under obligation to continue with our, our sinful nature or what it urges us to do, but to live by the Spirit of God, not by the dictates of it. Because when you live by the dictates of it, you are going back to the death that you saw yourself in. But when you hand over your mind to Christ, then you allow the Holy Spirit of God to then step in and lead you and help you to pray. And all you have to do is to ask. You just have to ask, Holy Spirit, help me to pray. Because the Holy Spirit is there to help us in our weaknesses. That's the type of love the Lord has for us. And that's beautiful. And all of this doesn't happen overnight. It is a process, but it's a process of trusting. It is a process of reliance, right? It's a process of dependence. And that's how we get transformed. And in the next podcast, we will be explaining how we get transformed, which is the process of sanctification. And that process never ends. Once you are saved, it continues, it continues, and it will continue until the day Jesus comes back. Until then, you are subscribed to the teachings of the Holy Spirit, the school of the Holy Spirit, where he's teaching you conduct, where he's showing you moral standing, where he's showing you what you should think, what should you, you should pray for, what you should do in circumstances, how you should love, how you should do all of these other things that are pertaining to your life at work, at school, with colleagues, with neighbors, life, and godliness, how to study the word, what the word actually means, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, intellect, right? Intellect, intelligence, all of these things, the Holy Spirit will be walking with you through it. He will be imparting and there are gifts that he would also give as you walk out your, your, your walk with him, right? This walk of godliness. It is that simple. That's all that the cross has bought for you. That's what Jesus had to die. And there's much more scriptures that I could share with you. But I didn't want for this podcast to be so long that you, you get exhausted by reading all of these scriptures. Right? So I would encourage you also to read the scriptures on yourself or by your own and study this process and pray over it and ask God to, to bring you to a space where you are able to see these things in your life. Where you are able to realize these truths. Just as it has been said in Ephesians 3 to say, He has showered His kindness onto us along with wisdom and understanding. So you know that He has given you wisdom and He has given you understanding of His truths. So now you need to say, Lord, because you have given me, you know, the, the wisdom and the understanding of your truth, open my eyes to it, to see what it is that I already have in you. And that's my encouragement. And the, the main 
uh, objective of this podcast is to have you ponder on these things. What does it really mean for you to be saved? And what it is really that you have been saved from. You have been saved from sin, your sinful nature. You have been saved from the ways of the world. You have been saved from rejection, abandonment. All of these other things that have become baggage. You know, that are holding you down. Just as the Where You From Here podcast that we shared on Wednesday. These are the things that the cross came to save you from. So this then allows you to let it go in him, not because you want to bury it. No, you lay it down before the altar of God in prayer. And when you step away from prayer, you must step away having not carrying the weight anymore. Otherwise, it means you are not done praying about it. You need to pray until the weight lifts off. Then you know that the finished work of God has been done in your life. And not to say you would not be, be, be hurt again or rejected again. It just means that it's an ongoing process that you continually need to do in order for you to carry the newness of life that God has given you. And so that the life that God has given you doesn't get choked by the cares of this world. Sorry. I don't know why I'm beeping when I'm drinking water. Excuse me for that. Um, so yeah, this is basically an introduction of what the cross has really done for you. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm hoping that it has given you revelation. And for those of you who have been saved for, for years, are receiving renewal so that your all towards God may be refreshed and revived. And you are able to then see, wow, Lord, you have truly done a lot for me. And it's beautiful to see great are the works of your hands. And you are able to use that to praise God, to fuel your worship towards God, to fuel your passion towards God, to revive the life that is in you for Christ. And that's beautiful. And I want to say a short prayer just to see what it is that we have shared today. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are holy and you are God. You are worthy of praise, Lord God, for all that you have done for us. We still thank you, Father God, for the sacrifice of your son and the love that you saw us deserving, even when our state was not worthy of it, Lord. Thank you for the gift of salvation, the blood of Jesus that washed away all of our sins, that, Lord, you saw it fit for you to send your one and only beloved son for us to be set free from our own sin, to give us life, to give us newness, to, to deliver us from the ways of this world. We thank you, Lord God, that this is a precious gift that you have given us, that we couldn't have done anything worthy of the priceless gift of this blood of Jesus. But we thank you that today we are able to be called partakers of this divine gift, Lord, that, Father God, we are able to see and we have our eyes open, Lord, to the amount of, 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 of worth, Lord, that comes with this life of salvation. We thank you, Lord God, that every day of our lives is a continual process of you pruning us, 
of you realigning us and aligning us, Lord, to all that you had in store or had in mind for us, Lord God, when you created us, even before our mother's womb. We thank you, Lord God, that you have given us all things that we need for this journey, all things that we need pertaining to life, pertaining to godliness, Lord God. You have given us the gift of your Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord God, that in this moment, Lord, it be you that gives an infilling of your Holy Spirit to each and everyone that is listening here who is yet to be filled by the gift of your Holy Spirit. Let it be you, Father God, who gives. In the book of James, you say, Father God, that uh, those who lack wisdom should ask of the Father who is in heaven and that their Father will not hold it back, but would give um, out of generosity the Holy Spirit to each one who asks. So I am asking on behalf of every listener, Father God, who has just been saved, Lord God, that Father, you fill them up. You seal them with the Holy Spirit of promise, Father God, so that they are able to walk out this life, Lord, in the assistance of the Holy Spirit, to be able to pray, to be able to live lives that are pleasing towards you, to be able to be renewed and transformed, to be able to be aligned, Lord, to the leadership of Christ, to the conduct of Christ and to the ways of life um, that we are called to live as a manner of stewarding the gift that has been imparted on us. Lord, cause them to see the newness that has come, the newness of identity, Lord, the new ways of thinking as according to Ephesians 1, 3 and Romans 8, 1, O oh Lord, that they are transformed, my God, and that, Father God, they have renewed themselves in hope and in faith, Lord, that they get to see the hope of this new residency that we have attained in you through the call of being part of your family, Lord. Awaken them to their identity, my Lord, that they are adopted, that they are chosen, that they are loved, that they are heirs in the kingdom of God because of the inheritance that you have given them through Christ, that you have given to us also, because I'm also a partaker of it, Lord. Awaken them to this revelation of sonship in Christ, Lord, that Father God, their lives are precious because they have been brought with a price, the price of the blood of Jesus that no money can buy, Lord. Cause them to understand in every circumstance that they are forgiven, that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ, that they are blessed in all of their ways, Lord, that they are one with you, Lord, that they have been brought into a life of being free, liberated from the ways of this world, Lord God. That it is you, Father God, who has given this great call and you have set up in a way that, Father, you are guaranteeing a successful life lived in you, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, Father, that in all their conduct, in all their ways, as they relate with their brothers, Lord, According to Ephesians 5, 1 to 13, Father, that you guide them, you lead them, Lord, so that, Lord God, they are not living out of their ways of darkness, the previous ways of darkness, but that the light that you have hidden in them shines out in every friendship, in every relation, in their families, in their friends, in their colleagues, that the very same life that they live resembles the light that you have hidden in them, Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name. And I pray also, Lord, in this moment for those who are yet to know you that father god this word speak in their hearts that as they go home and look at these scriptures father god it be you you holy spirit that speaks to them heart to heart lord bringing them lord god to the point of seeing the hope the hope 
and the abundance that comes with this gift. And for those who are ready, Father God, to give their lives before you, Lord, as they declare, Lord, Romans over their lives, Father God, to say that they are accepting you to be their Lord and their Savior, my God. As they declare Romans 6.23, as they declare Luke 19.10, as they declare John 3.16, Father God, that they will be indeed saved in you. And hallelujah, hallelujah, because as they are doing that, Father God, the heavens rejoice for every life that is saved. So hallelujah, you are worthy of praise. And all of you, who who are wanting to give your lives right now to Christ. I, I, I want you to follow me in this prayer. And as you do so, let it be you that allows your heart to be open to receive this gift of salvation. Um, dear Lord God, according to Romans 10, 9, you said that if we openly declare that Jesus is the Lord and believe in our hearts that he, that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. We acknowledge right now that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, that Jesus Christ died for our sin, and he, raised, he, he rose on the third day, rising up with us into a newness and a life that the Lord has for us. And because we acknowledge that, we say, Lord, come into our hearts, come into our lives, take over our lives, and let it be all be transformed to be pleasing before you. We acknowledge that we were once sinners, Father God, and we need a savior. We acknowledge that our sins have been washed by the blood of Jesus. And because of that, we step into the newness of life. We thank you, Lord God, that we are saved. We thank you for your delivering power. We thank you that we are free in you. And we step into the identity that you have, your son had died for us to receive. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. And Heavenly Father, I seal every word, Father God, that every confession that has been said right now, Father God. And I say, Lord, let your Holy Spirit come and seal the work, Lord. Let every work that you have begun, Lord, be sealed by your Holy Spirit of promise, Father God, so that they never have to walk this life alone, but they have a helper who helps them in their weakness and that the Holy Spirit will help them how to pray, Lord, how to walk out their life, Father God that you are calling them into. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, you are worthy of praise. You are worthy of adoration. Amen.